any way you cut it, 30-somethings are considered actual grown-ups. But many of us feel far from it. It's the bait and switch we didn't see coming. Being in your 30s means something different in a new millennium. But what does that look like? That's what I'm here to find out. I'll be digging into the stories and experiences of a new crop of 30-somethings, myself included. From navigating career dissatisfaction to searching for one's life purpose, all while still having a clear opinion on which 90s boy band reigns supreme, I'll be sharing how we navigate life's highlights and disappointments. This podcast is a series of conversations about life expectations, how we're all dealing, and what comes next. I'm Ashley White, and this is the Adults Aren't Alright podcast. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Adults Aren't Alright. I am in the, st- the studio. Uh, it's a dining room I converted into an office uh, and retrofitted with podcast equipment. But, like, you can call it a studio. That's fine. Um, I like I like delusions of grandeur. I'm in the – I'm in my office right now with my best friend of what we just – we just figured it was 25 years. We did that math. It took a little bit. It did take a while. <laughs> But I am, I am here with Lauren Alquist, who I have known since third grade, and um, which was in 1993. If anybody was interested, if you're counting at home, take a drink. Mm. If you want to kill yourself, uh, <laughs> so Lauren came to my third grade birthday party. We watched it, it? the mm-hmm. original, and I, I think I screamed "son, Son of a, of a biscuit, biscuit eater." eater. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So things are embarrassing for yep. me, in and I still to this day remember you telling me never to tell somebody that. <laughs> You were so embarrassed. It's okay. Nobody, nobody listens. Nobody to knows. Yeah, nobody will never know. So Lauren is someone who has been there for me through thick and thin. We have literally been through so much together, and and uh, so having her on this on the podcast is just kind of a no brainer. Uh, she is, she's a mom. She has her doctorate in physical therapy. She's a badass. She is scary. Uh, I love that. Anytime anybody is scary and intimidating, I'm just like will you sign my shirt? Like, I just, I love that. So, um, you know, I I wanted to bring Lauren in because Lauren has um, a perspective that I don't offer because I don't, I'm not a mom. And I can, I, can, I can see sort of motherhood and the way that mothers are pressured, um, our generation specifically, just, just, you know, mom's period. But Lauren has lived that because she has two beautiful girls. Um, God bless you when Tegan comes of age because... Oh. Girl, you should meet her now. She's seven. <laughs> She's gonna. She says wanna... stuff to Aaron and I now that I'm like, oh my. And actually, this is a this is a good story. When I found out that I was pregnant with a girl, I remember my mother telling me that she couldn't wait till she was 14 <laughs> because evidently I was a total raging bitch at 14, <laughs> um, which may not be a whole lot different than now. But I, I don't mean, know. that's Whatever. just when you started. But, it's fine. Um, actually, my mom told me we were in Dallas last weekend with my family. My mom said, you know what I was dealing with at 14 is kind of what you're dealing with it now. So, so you, I'm like, oh, great. Okay. Does it burn out <laughs> sooner or does it get I worse? Don't. I'm not sure. We're exactly. going to find out. Yeah, I guess we're going to find out. So that's why there's wine. I fully believe that mm-hmm. we're going to be living in the United States of Tegan here yeah. in like the next decade. So 100%. It's, it's- June has always said <laughs> that she will either um, run the world or she'll run a prison gang. So 
And either way, she really hoping it's the world part because I don't know that I can do the felon daughter thing. Honest, so. I mean, honestly, but wouldn't she just be proud of the leadership? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, honestly, either way. We support. Either way. We support the leadership. 100%. So before we really dive in, um, I like to do sort of an, you know, an astrological profile of, of people that come on because, you know, I'm a witch and uh, it's fine. But... We like to get everyone's sun, moon, and rising. And you're a Libra. I have so many Libras in my, like Kate's a Libra. I love Libras so much because you guys are, that's your sun sign. And like I'm telling you, like you don't know. (laughs) But you guys are all about balance and you are all about sort of um, like that cardinal leadership and fairness. And sometimes you're indecisive. I don't feel like that's you, but um, I think that's other placements in your chart. So we looked up your chart before you started, um, before we started recording. So Lauren's moon is in Leo. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to read a little bit. Uh, Brave, knowing how to take risks and possessing the courage of her convictions, honest, imposing, and sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone once called you in high school brash and intimidating, and I... <laughs> we still laugh about that. I mean, I love that. That's like, a, that's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that fits. Um, great sense of and respect for justice, organizational sense, selectivity with friends, but is not overly influenced by them. I would definitely say that is true. Very, very mm-hmm. true. You're you're very much like this, like kind of true mm-hmm. north. Um, anybody can bounce anything off you, and you're gonna you're gonna shoot them straight. Mm-hmm. Um, not always gently, but always yes. honestly. Honest is definitely where I lie. For you have sure. a justice complex like I do, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like it no. when it's not fair. No, exactly. Yeah. And then you have a Scorpio rising, um, which Scorpio rising, people have a lot of presence. Um, there is something about them that tells the world that they are not to be pushed around. That is direct from Cafe Astrology. Yeah. So like, I don't know if they interviewed you before they wrote that. I like, don't. They they probably did because yeah. I don't know that I've ever allowed anybody to push me around. I don't think so either. Mm-hmm. And it's why you birth such strong-willed yeah. Yeah. little girls. <laughs> also. Uh, <laughs> but um, their manner commands respect and in some cases fear. I don't know yeah. if true words have ever been spoken. Yeah. I've also been told that um, people fear me or they feared me initially. Yes. Which is the Fair. same, I guess. Same. Yeah. Like, you are, you're a, you're loyal and you are very gentle with your people, but not gentle in a way that coddles. Mm-hmm. No, I don't, um, I don't, I believe I'm doing a disservice to anybody that I have a true relationship to if I'm not honest with you in every way. Yeah. Um, I have a coworker recently that reminds me a lot of myself and her and I've had a lot of these conversations. Mm -hmm. She's about 10 years younger than me and brilliant. And, um, just personality wise, we're very, very similar. Mm -hmm. Um, and actually I'd be very interested in her big three. So I might have to look that up for her, but anyway, she, um, her and I've had a lot of conversations about this recently and I've told her multiple times, like, I don't say things to hurt your feelings, but I need to be honest with you. And, you know, she has told me multiple times, thank you. Thank yeah. you for thank you for saying that. Sometimes I just need to hear that. And I remember being that person 10 years ago right. as, a, as a new therapist and needing to hear from my mentor, who I now work with is again, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny, full circle, but needing to hear some of those things that were challenging to hear at the time. But that's exactly, exactly. And I, I think I've prided myself on that as I've grown as an adult. Um that it's honesty is really the number one thing. It's not about like I I can't give you something to make you feel good if it doesn't 
if it doesn't help you move forward because yeah. it's not it's not fair to you yeah to do that that's tough though because a yeah. lot of people don't do that a lot no. of people will just say the easy thing yeah. to placate mm-hmm. to move on mm-hmm. and to be really honest when sometimes maybe that that isn't that isn't comfortable yeah is uh that's tough. Yeah. And I can see where that would be hard for some people, especially if you don't like conflict. If because, you're weak. Yeah. Yeah, if you're weak, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> because it is sometimes. I mean, there's been times that I've been honest, and it's caused that de- immediate defensive reaction. Sure. Um, <clears throat> my husband. So, oh, and I'm like, shout no, out no, to no, 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 no. Love you so much. Yeah, I love you so much, dear. <laughs> but, like, multiple times. This is not This is not me being – I'm not being critical of you. This is me being right. honest with you. This is something we need to talk about or you need to know this is my perception. And that doesn't make it right or wrong. But right. I, 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 I'm not going to sit here. I'm not I'm – not, I've never been one to be quiet, so. <laughs> Where did I read – what was the thing that I read that said that – that I think it was Scorpio Rising needs to be with grounded yeah. partners. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. No, like, that was on the Scorpio Rising. And it's like, hi, Aaron. Yeah, hi, hi yeah. Aaron. Would you step up to the microphone and introduce yeah. yourself to the, yeah, Aaron. If anyone's ever met my husband, we oh, are, man. he grounds me so very much. He's a wonderful man and he is. Salt of the earth, that Aaron. He really is. Yeah. He's, a, he's, he's the absolute best, but. I don't have a brother, but I consider him my brother. He is one of those people that I know we are so very different, and he knows we are so very different. We don't <laughs> have a lot in common. I mean, obviously, we have mutual friends. We've been together for a long time, couple and kids we grew together up together. In common. Yeah, we have a couple kids together in common. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Yeah, he totally grounds me. He sometimes brings me back to reality when I have those moments of you're being ridiculous. He's like, okay, you need to chill the fuck out over there. Well, (laughs) I mean, both Leo and Scorpio placements are emotional placements. And they're they're prone to sort of, Mm -hmm. as an an Aries moon, I see you and I understand and I get it. And so... uh, I date someone who doesn't have emotions. Yeah, so I, yeah. They, Me too. It's, it's my, yeah. <laughs> they I mean, we, my husband, not my date. Yeah, my we husband. need to. We need to read Aaron's chart, and we need to have. We on the pod. actually, that would be really comical to read. Yeah, I bet you. It's just like he's flatline. No, he really is. Is he has, is woodworking mm-hmm. a, an astrological? <laughs> <And actually, sign? laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, he, uh, I've been out of town the last couple weekends. July was a crazy month for us, and I was in Dallas. Well, I was in San Diego um, with seeing my aunt with my mother, and that was an amazing trip. And then I was in the other, the other sister in Dallas with cousins and stuff just this last weekend. And he literally asked me both weekends when I got home, "How many times did you cry?" <laughs> <laughs> he knows. Yeah, like he knows. Hey. Hey, watch it. You know what? You know? I don't. I feel attacked right now. Yeah. All right. Can yeah. you just? And I was like, just not down? very many. Yeah. Just like a, like a handful. I just love my people. Whatever. Okay. It's okay. Yeah. So you know, like I said, you are a mother of two girls. Tegan is. Remind me. I feel like she's seven. sixteen. Okay, seven. Yeah. Sixteen. She thinks she's sixteen. Yeah, she does. She's smart enough to be sixteen. Yeah. She turns um, seven in June. She'll be in first grade mm-hmm. in two weeks. Less okay. than two weeks. A week. That's oh insane. Oh my god. Okay. And then Emmy. Emerson. Yes. Um, Emerson June. She will be four in October. She's my wild child, which is yeah. funny. 
Tegan is very um, regimented. Very regimented. Um, let's let's find her big three. Yeah. Um, she's very regimented. She is my kid that likes things a certain way. She is very um, involved. She has to please people. Mm. She doesn't like to disappoint people. She has to be perfect. She doesn't know how to manage if she doesn't do things right the very first time. So mm-hmm. that caused a lot of anxiety for everyone, really, yeah. um, as we transitioned kind of from the pre k to the kindergarten role sure um she's grown a lot in the last year we actually held her kindergarten um she is a june baby and could have started not this previous year but the year before that so would have been 19 um pre-covid and we decided to hold her because i felt like she's very 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 smart um but intellectually that was not an issue emotionally though we were struggling um, right. She had no emotional control. So we decided to hold her, and I do not, like, not that kids... I think kids that's sh- my vanity plate, no emotional yeah. control. <laughs> and I mean, let me, let me, I should digress. I w- shouldn't expect my five to six-year-old to have emotional control. I know that, but, like, I would tell her her pee was backwards, and it was, like, a full-on tantrum. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, we're not ready to learn from a teacher yet. Like, right. it was, We can't and, take any, everything is an attack. Absolutely. Everything yeah. was total criticism, and it's not meant to be that. Right. Um, and so it took a while, and actually, the thing that kind of helped us get out of that a little bit was gymnastics. Um, she's very good at gymnastics, and it's been very good for her. So, um but she is my very regimented kid. She's still like that. She's got the clean room. And then you have mm. Emmy June. Who's just... Who's just the opposite. Just you know, it's actually life. kind of funny. I, Aaron's mother passed away um, six years ago. And so... And I've known Aaron since we were 16. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And so I didn't... I mean, obviously, I didn't know him growing... I didn't know him when he was young. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a good relationship with his family um, and his grandparents and stuff. But it wasn't until recently that we were at his... I think his stepdad's maybe for dinner one night... He made the comment about Aaron's behavior when he was little being very much like Emmy's. And I've always said that Emerson is like her dad in terms of she's my kid that's like, okay, I'll do this. Like, she's much more go with the flow. She doesn't have to have – I mean, she has a routine, but she doesn't have to have a routine. Right. She's way more flexible than her sister. Right. You know, she doesn't freak out about things. She's almost four, and she literally doesn't give two shits if her shoes are on the wrong feet or dresses backwards. Free spirit. Nothing. Yeah, she's a total – Total free spirit. But John, his stepdad, said, oh, yeah, when Aaron was young, he was like that. You know, Grandma used to tell me about all of it. And I'm like, oh, there it is. That's where we get it. You know, so she very much is my free-spirited kid. I'll be – it's kind of interesting having one – you know, having only knowing T Mm -hmm. and how she is and then having the same – I mean, she's genetically the same person. Right. really from the same two people right how is she so different right. and so that has and i wouldn't say it's a struggle but i mean any parent can relate to like you have two kids that are totally different like yeah and i don't i'm you have to I'm, take different parenting styles absolutely and what worked with tegan does not work with emmy so she's my kid that draws on the walls <laughs> and um i mean just makes a total disastrous mess of everything she's yeah. my kid that runs inside and takes her shoes off and throws them I'm like what are you doing we don't Great. do that in our house <laughs> And Tegan's like, oh, Emerson, the shoes go in the basket. Yeah, you Emerson know. rules, you know, regimented. Yeah. Emerson keeps her room clean. Mm-hmm. Were you that kid that, that cleaned your room? I was the kid, yes, I would say. Yeah. You'd have to ask June Holly, really, how he was as a little young kid. But I do remember, like, 
middle school, I rearranged my room <gasps> all the time. And wasn't it like it was so good? It was so much fun, and it was like it was like birthing. I don't oh, know. It was it felt was like, so good, and that's so funny that you I'm remember gonna, that. I'm gonna take my desk and my vanity, and my, I'm gonna spin my bed a different way. Yes, and I am just I'm a whole new person. It was it it was like. I remember it being Rebirth. such an absolute disaster during the process. And oh, my like, oh my God. Oh my God. Why everywhere. did I do this? And then when I was done and it was all clean, I just felt so accomplished. That yeah, was me. Same. That same. was me. So I don't, I mean, I'm assuming that's mm, Tegan more yeah. than Emmy. But it then Tegan like has Tegan. things that are, and we can get into that later, that things that are so not me. Yeah. Um, from a creativity perspective, I don't have that. Right. <laughs> So, That's insane. It's yeah. crazy how same set of jeans, same gene pool, mm-hmm. but we're expressing them completely differently. Totally into, differently. I mean, I, and it, raised the same way. Right, raised in the same, in the same house yeah. with the same parents and the same, you know, discipline style, really. I mean, we have to do things differently for the different kids because some don't work with others. But for the most part, it's the right. same. But, yeah, they are totally different. But they are very close. Um, and, you know, that is one, one thing that – I can't relate to because I had a brother. Right. Um, my brother was four years younger than me. And it's not that we weren't close. I mean, we were just two opposite genders and we were four years apart in age. And so right. I would go into high school. He was going into middle school. I would mm-hmm. get out of high school. He was going into high school. We never mm-hmm. really shared mm-hmm. any kind of years together outside of elementary school, which doesn't you know, matter. Yeah, you don't yeah, you're in you one grow class. so much in those later years. And so... You know, I mean, my brother and I and my sister-in-law are have a good relationship now, and my niece and my nephew, and we're we're close now. But I don't, I can't relate to having a sister. Yeah, and I feel like that is something that I have a hard time with, and their relationship is so very sweet to me. I mean, Aww. every night the girls go to bed at the same time. Emerson has to lay down, and then Tegan has to come in. Sissy has to come in and give me a hug and a kiss, and it's Cute. it's. I mean, who knows how long that will last? But, but still. Sweet. Yeah, it's sweet that they have that, and, and I really they're old enough now that 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 will that will be a memory than anything. Yes, yours, yes, right? I truly hope so. Yeah. Um, and they are. Let's see, Tegan turned three in June, and Emmy was born in October, so just over three years apart. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, Jess and I, my sister and I, are like two and like two and three quarters. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of right at three. We were mm-hmm. three grades apart. Mm-hmm. So like when we were seniors, Jesse was a freshman. Yeah, and so that was a. Uh, that was fun. Remember we mm-hmm. made our... We were mm-hmm. like, if you want to sit at our yeah. table at lunch, yeah. then we're going to put you at the table by yourself, mm-hmm. and we're going to take a picture of you on mm-hmm. this disposable camera <laughs> where you are look like you're shunned from society. And guess what? I'll have to have those 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 uh, pictures. I'll have to have them developed, and so I probably won't have yeah. them for six months. I'll, yeah, I'll have to go to Walgreens, and like God knows who's going to see them. But like, I, I remember making Jesse take that photo, and remember oh, yeah. the brown freshman yes. t-shirts that we forced them to wear? <laughs> yes. And uh, and then I was like, we gave them that color. That's right. They did wear it with pride. But Good that for was them. Hilarious. They had no choice. We would have thrashed them. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in reference, um, so they were like, it was during Spirit Week, and every grade got a color. I don't know if they still do this. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know what Gen Z does thing? or Gen Alpha. I have no fucking clue. No, no. But so you know, as seniors, we chose our color, which was typically like mm-hmm. we were purple and gold, mm-hmm. so we wanted to be gold, mm-hmm. bright, we're loud. bright. Loud, was, yeah. Gold is number one, obviously. Like check mm-hmm. the Olympics, bitch. Yeah. So then uh, we we gave the freshman brown just to be. That was our version of hazing. It was a it was a gentle it was it was a gentle haze. It was, it was um, gentle. And then we actually had shirts 
printed at uh, wherever we were printing our shirts. It was some local. I don't even know I don't who know, it was. Remember. But remember it was behind Mowers yeah, or whatever? Yes. And uh, and it was like fresh. That, it was like that place might still be there. God, God love them. Let's get shirts made. Um, so let's try to drop. Trying to, what do they call that? Gonna, Margarita Wars that we're gonna do. Let's get shirts oh, made at yeah. that place. That'd be tight. Yeah, but we what we forced them to wear. We gave them brown. And my <laughs> sister, bless her. So she she was a good sport, and she wore the the freshman two thousand like fresh man. Remember what's name? Oh no, it's it fresh, fresh man. man. Yes, two thousand six shirt. Uh, the first day of school, mm-hmm. and we made her sit and we took that picture of her by herself before then we all sat yeah, with her we all so did when sit we, with her when we when we had the the, the uh the jesse photos. you probably felt so cool man jesse, i mean I not before you. but like when we all sat with you you had to feel i mean coolest. come on i yeah. mean like a couple cheerleaders yeah. like you know some some stupo yeah. representatives mm-hmm. captain of the volleyball team like get your <laughs> shit together you had it made honestly paypal me 50 bucks right now <laughs> you still owe me <laughs> so we yeah we made her sit we took her picture then we all sat down and yep. ate our fucking pb and j yeah so whatever we, <laughs> we were like okay that was fun for us yeah. it was amusing but um you know so lauren you know what i'm really interested in is i am not a mom as you very well know i do uh, i do know I this birth to anything uh but other than several bad ideas but yeah. you know <laughs> i see the way that moms are treated in our society uh especially like kind of our age and there's this to me as an outsider looking in there is this pressure to be this sort of perfect pinterest mom that does like the crafts in the in the perfect farmer's sink and on the Mm -hmm. marble island Mm -hmm. but then also you know is able to maybe have like a side hustle where they i don't know churn butter i don't know what the fuck they do yeah. honestly it's it's it just looks like a lot of work it looks like there's a lot of peonies involved that you have to buy <laughs> and put in vases everything has to be picture perfect it, it does and it looks and your kids they they never throw fits and they never throw tantrums and they're always just this mm-hmm. and they and i don't know it just then the these sort of societal pressure that I see where you're kind of judged no matter what you do. If you stay at home with them, you're judged because you don't have any ambition. Mm-hmm. And then if you go get a, if you, if you, if you continue your, you know, your, yeah, your, your, your career, career, well then you're neglecting or, them. Or be- any job. Or any job yeah. because you're neglecting them because the kids are at home and how, how dare you, you know, abandon your family. Mm-hmm. Speak to kind of like your experience and like how you feel about this and like I just want to hear all of the things you have to say because I just, mm-hmm. it's so interesting to me and, and most of it feels like bullshit that I that I want to rage with you on. Yeah. And you know that I love a good rage yeah. session. So that's really what I'm here for is to get angry. So let's Yeah. Go. So, um, gosh, I have a lot about this. This could snowball quickly. So, um, you know, honestly, I mean, I think everything stems from and starts with social media. Um, so, I mean, going back to, you know, y'all, we graduated in 2003. Yeah. I don't know if anybody knows that. That was like Some almost people, 20 years ago. I want to throw up, but that's fine. Right? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's a long time. That's a long time. I don't ever, I don't feel that old. No, absolutely not. That's the fucking point of this podcast. Yeah, I don't feel that I don't. old. I don't feel how like. How old you, okay, real quick, how old, like, if you just like catalog it in your head how old do you think you feel in like in your head like late 20s 28 yes i don't yeah i do 
old enough to know to have your shit together oh yeah like I, I've got my own money yeah. I can pay my own bills I like know what I'm doing yeah but like I can still go to the club and dance to whatever oh, yeah I'm still cool I'm still fucking cool though. yeah I mean yeah, not yeah. that it really matters but I'm still cool I'm so cool like, I mean let's let's be let's be real I'm cool and I'm 36 but that's not the point I actually had this conversation with a coworker recently. She recently turned 27 and I Screw remember her, saying, first of all. yeah, okay. I know, like what the fuck. <laughs> I I told her. I said 27 was my favorite year. 27 was so good. And she was like, "Why?" And I was like, "I just it's, I was I had a job and I was rad. making real money you and I money. didn't have kids and I mean, like not that my kids are wonderful. No, no, no. No, but it's like are wonderful but like you're I, unencumbered yeah you have your own money oh my god it was glorious. your parents can't tell you shit about no, shit but no, they can't tell no. you anything yeah no they, it was it was i loved 27 yeah loved 27 i don't really know why 27 was so great but i loved it i loved it i don't feel 36 Absolutely i don't not. feel like we could be like seriously talking and planning on eventually doing in the next two years our 20-year class reunion absolutely i won't go what the hell <laughs> What the hell? That's insane. I mean, That's honestly, not... is Reese even going to plan it? Hopefully. What is Reese yeah. doing? Yeah, honestly, his name is a peanut butter cup. I'm out of here. Get out, <laughs> get out of my face. Okay, so. But yeah, no. So all of this really stems from social media. So when we when we go back to 2003, social media wasn't a thing. Absolutely I mean, not. like social media did not come about for my generation, our generation. I think I got, you got social first. You got Facebook first because you were KU. Yeah. And KU did the, I mean, well, KU was part of it with the, you had to have the, you had to have the college email address. You had to, you had to be part you of had a to college. Be a poli- a yeah. part of that. A large. College. A large. Yeah. Because I went to Avila, local to Kansas City. Smaller school, private university, private university, um, and we didn't have access to Facebook until like 2008, I think. Was it eight? Because I got it in 2004. It had to have been sooner because okay, we were Facebook friends while I graduated in 07. No, that's right. That's right. No, yeah, that's totally right. That's wrong because I actually saw this the other day. We were getting ready for um, London. London, yeah. In so no, that was so. I I'm sorry. I'm bad at I'm bad at times. It's okay. so yeah. It was it's before right. then, but still, like we were still, after KU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were after KU. Um, and I remember at the time, you know, God, everything. Oh, God, social media. I go back. God. If I can give you any piece of advice, if anybody is listening to this in your 20s, <laughs> watch what you post. No shit, man. Seriously, don't be fucking stupid. I mean, we didn't know. No. Because I think maybe the kids know now oh, because I, they've grown up. God, in I it. hope so. I but hope I so. look back on those posts. Yeah. We just put it all out there. Oh my God. I literally am like, what in the fuck was I thinking? And then I'm like, it doesn't matter if I delete it now. If somebody wants to find it, it's still there. Right. It's it's cached by Google. Yeah. I j- yeah. So, anyway. Also, why did every time we went to the bar, it was a 30 photo <laughs> album? Why? Why? <laughs> the kids we now call it. We had a lot of 30 photo We had a lot of 30 photo albums. I'm telling you. We took pictures at everything. Oh, my God. My husband would tell you I take pictures at everything. Now, it was way worse when I was in my early 20s, dear. Yeah, Um, it was. And we had, remember, we would, whenever we were shopping for, like, a point-and-shoot digital camera, it needed to be the camera where the The, the the screen would flip out out, so we could get a good selfie. So that we could see what we looked like. Because the the selfie idea, a front-facing camera was not a thing. Children, this is what the Stone Age looked like. We are the Fred fucking Flintstones of selfies. There wasn't selfie sticks. There was none of these things that gave you the right angle. You just prayed to God that you got it. portrait mode and an iPhone. Anyway, we start with social media. Um, You know, that wasn't a 
thing and now it is a thing and so you talk about this pinterest version and first off i hate i hate pinterest i am not a creative person i love creative things i love Mm -hmm. to look at stuff i'm the person that's gonna buy that shit on amazon prime so anything i i mean all these people actually the girls in our neighborhood and i love this it's it's actually a really fun tradition have done like a holiday ornament tradition now Mm -hmm. amy typically sets it up and amy is like the best room mom ever yeah um and not a judgmental one she's awesome right um but she is one of those people that i'm like how in the hell she's superwoman she yeah. legit a superwoman, but she comes up with these um, ornament ideas that are like the most simple things on the planet that anyone on the planet could do, and they're great. But you look at Pinterest, and I'm like, oh yeah, I could totally make that. And it's like a legit Pinterest, and then Pinterest fail. That is me. Right. I will buy <laughs> anything pre-made because right. I don't have the patience or the time or the really the interest in making anything so you talk about social media and how truly social media has become this thing that you get the best of everyone's life because they get to choose yes the highlight reel they get to choose what goes on there 100 and so um you know the pinterest uh, it is it's a it's a hard time to be a mom especially a mom and i'm gonna say like me um because i have my doctorate degree in therapy i um am very proud of what i do for a living um as a therapist i am in a lot of debt because I'm a therapist. Irrelevant. I mean, You're it's relevant because it's going to be there forever. But yeah, still, fine. like, I mean, it's something it. that I am very proud of. Um, and it's something that because I'm proud of and because I enjoy, I, I, I work full time. And not because I have to work full time. I don't want to say, like, I mean, I do have to work full time. I have that debt. But, like, I enjoy working full time. Yeah. I really do enjoy working full time and this image that social media and that the internet and and everything that has come out on the internet gives you of being a good parent is this parent that's like involved in every single second and aspect of a kid's life. Yeah. And not that I don't agree with that. I am very That's okay in- for some people. Yeah, absolutely. No, Different 100%. Stress. And I know lots of stay-at-home moms. I, I can I your job is probably harder than mine frankly yeah they're crushing it I, yeah but like that's not I, yeah your... that is not me I'm yeah. home with my kids one day a week potentially because of a comp day or because of a during sick the kid. day you mean. yeah during the yeah. day I'm sorry um and then Lauren obviously drinks a lot she only comes home one night yeah, a week yeah I only come home <laughs> one night a week my husband does it all she's a great mom but I I can't imagine being at home with my kids all the time. I frankly, I am not that person. Yeah. I am 100% a better mom because I work outside the home and because I have not, I don't feel like I have lost who I am as a person in, in having children. Um, That's so, no, let's just take a second. So you said two things. You are a better person for not being a full-time stay-at-home mom, for mm-hmm. having a job, for having mm-hmm. a career, and that you do not put your entire identity into being a mom. I think it's so mm-hmm. expansive for people to hear because I think the pressure from society is the opposite. Yeah. That you give up everything mm-hmm. and that you... And if you don't give up everything, you somehow make both of them work mm-hmm. so that you're also a stay-at-home mom that has some mm-hmm. kind of side hustle or, yeah. or whatever... And it's just, it just seems so unattainable. Mm. It also seems like I would get into a fist fight at a PTA meeting. And I, I mean, can't, I can't 
I mean, more again, I am in no way passing judgment to anybody that does stay at home or does have a side hustle. That's amazing. I think I personally believe that that would be extremely challenging. I have a hard time balancing my life and not just because I work full time. Right. (laughs) Like working is easy, frankly. Yeah. (laughs) Let me be clear. Like work is kind of my getaway. Like, don't you think it's like a different problem to solve? 100%. It's a different part of your brain. I mean, when you, and as a parent and as a mom, what working mom or stay at home mom, anybody can relate to this. Mm -hmm. What's the number one thing that you're always doing? Figuring out what's for dinner. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Every fucking day. I've seen these memes that are like, if I knew that for as an adulthood or as an adult, I was going to have to decide what was for dinner every day, I would never grow up. Yeah, right. no, seriously. Every single night. Yeah. And it's not just as an adult, you're like, oh, okay, whatever, I'll eat whatever leftover spaghetti. No, the kids, kids. don't want to eat that. So yeah. it's like, and frankly, again, now, let me, I should go back just a little bit. My husband and I both work full-time outside of the home. Um, we both were very thankful that we were able to keep our jobs during COVID. However, we did not have the opportunity to work from home. I work for a local hospital. Um, so I was in the hospital every single day providing therapy and helping manage our department. Um, and my husband is in, um, he's a union carpenter. Um, he's a foreman. And so he does a lot of, you know, you carpentry can't carpenter work. from home. Yeah, you can't carpenter from home. There's no building. Mm-hmm. So um, he does spend a lot of time on the phone. But uh, yeah, that's not possible outside. So we were, we were still gone every single day. Um, but we still live like my oldest daughter. I've already um, explained, she's a gymnast and she, um, is a competitive gymnast and she really enjoys being a competitive gymnast. That is one thing that I'd never thought she would do, um, based on her anxiety, but she likes it. And that is something that's been good for her. It's also something that takes up a lot of our time and our money, um, (laughs) and, um, and her time. And she's been told that's the, like, you can be a competitive gymnast or you can go do other things because we don't have time for you to do a competitive gymnast and a soccer and a thing like that. So she has to choose. Um, and she chooses that. So between that and, poor Emerson who right now is just kind of following in her sister's footsteps and doing you know recreational gymnastics still trying to kind of figure out what that little kid's gonna do um again with the two kids different personalities haven't quite figured that out yet but you know we're busy people so outside of our 40 hour a week jobs we also you know obviously we live at home and Mm -hmm. we have to function at home and we have kids that have practice or have things that are that are commitments that we have the evening schedule so how are we feeding them exactly and it's it is very important to me that we eat together as a family and so we do every single night we eat together as a family and it is sometimes it's a struggle and sometimes it's 7 30 most of the time it's between 6 30 and 7 but sometimes it's late Mm -hmm. so it just kind of depends but I also actually, one thing that I've learned about myself in the last year with COVID is that I actually really enjoy cooking. Mm. Um, never really thought that I would say that because if you've <laughs> met June Holly, she only has a kitchen because it came with the house. Yeah. Um, so I never really thought that I would enjoy that, but I do. I really enjoy cooking. And so I've kind of gotten more into actually making dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't believe in making my kids a different meal so they eat what we eat um honestly frankly my 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 wild child emmy sometimes she doesn't eat dinner and it's not because she doesn't like it it's just she's a very weird dinner eater i'm not (laughs) i don't i don't know what her deal is she eats really good during the day but at dinner she'll take one bite of something and be like i don't like this and i'm like it's chicken how do you not who doesn't like chicken like chicken Uh, but i feel like that's how we grew up if you didn't eat oh yeah 
what mom mm. and dad were cooking. Oh, yeah. Then, like, I, I don't know what you were eating because, like, yep. there isn't another option. Mm-hmm. So and I growing t- up, I was a dancer and I did, I mean, I was more busy, I feel like, than we are, honestly. But I remember my parents being like, what do you want? Here's your options. And yeah. those are our options and that's what we ate. Or yeah. if, But I remember multiple times my mom would make a meal and she did not cook a lot. Let's be clear. Not that her cooking is bad. June's Mastacholi is the shit. June Holly. But price. she would make this chicken croissant dish, which actually now as an adult, I'd probably devour because it was probably good. But I remember Zach and I hated it as a kid. And she was like, I don't give a shit if you hate this. This is what we're, we're eating. eating it. And so if we didn't eat it, we didn't eat dinner. That's right. You that know, was how it that's went. how it was. For and me, it was when Dee would make meatloaf. Or, I hate um, meatloaf. Oh, why? Like, it's just, just not good. Like, why no. would you choose that? Now, it's just weird because I really, I don't dislike meatballs. No, I don't. Just like, like, and I've had meatloaf as an adult that is better. I don't know. D, I love you, but like maybe yours just sucked. But like, <laughs> then there were these tuna patties, which mm-hmm. were literally canned tuna and like breadcrumbs mm-hmm. mashed up and then like pan fried. And they were just not. Okay. Like, I don't know what kind of cat food bullshit Russ and D were on, but they were like, yeah, we're having tuna patties and like, cool, I'm going to vomit. Like, what? And you would like. water. I mean, I would like eat around it, like eat the crispy part on the the outside that was like, okay. That you knew was cooked. And then I would focus on the side. But I'm just like, I don't know what this Purina bullshit is that you're trying to force feed me, but like, I'm out, dog. Like, it's a no for me. Um, but yeah, like if you didn't eat what was being, what mom and dad cooked for dinner, it's like, then cool. You weren't eating this whole idea of like, I'm going to make somebody something different because they have a different, Mm -hmm. I mean, unless you have a food allergy, like, you know, whatever. We're blessed not to have those, thankfully. Right. I don't know how to do that, but I mean, absolutely. Like you you, ate what was cooked and that was was the deal. Yeah, this but isn't this isn't a diner? You're not placing no. an order. Yeah, because like I mean, my I don't know about your. I'm sure your parents are the same way because I can totally see June saying this. But it was just like my house, my rules. Like yeah. I don't know. You don't you don't contribute. You know, Mm-mm. monetarily to the yeah. situation in any way. Yeah. So like, there's the plate. This is what you, it was like a military base. Yeah. Like it was just like this is what's yeah. happening. You can get on board or not. Or not. But exactly. like whatever. And yeah. actually, it's kind of funny because my husband is much more about that than I am. And I don't really know his history. I mean, his parents were divorced, but he lived with his mom. And I know his dad was a stickler about eating, but I, he's very, he's like, he's a, like, if Emmy doesn't eat her food, I mean, he will be like, eat your food or go to bed. Right. I mean, it's like a legit threat. And she will, and I mean, there's been nights that she's gone to bed at 7.15. Like, right. Which, I mean, let, let, I mean, she's three. She can go to bed at 7.15 and be totally fine. She she's needs to go. She probably should go to bed at 7.15. Yeah, exactly. It's like, but, it's totally fine. So, she's fine. And again, she's growing. She's fine. She's not, you know, malnourished. She gets all the things. <laughs> we go back her- to that judgment. Don't judge me because she doesn't eat dinner. She yeah. eats. But, but anyway, like, I'm sure just like anything you say... It is. It's just under so much scrutiny. It is. And you have it's, to be careful who you say it in front of, oh right? Yeah. I could go all day about like, so Tegan started school last year as a kindergartner. Now, benefit or not, not in a lot of ways, but one benefit is for her starting during the year of COVID is that there was no 
like there was no true involvement from mm-hmm. a parent person. I mean, they try they allowed us to be involved, but obviously it was virtually. This was this was great for me. This is glorious for me because I am not ever going to be a room mom. I am right. not designed to be this person that I I am I'm designed to provide for you monetarily, and that sounds terrible, and I'm <laughs> no, very sorry. I am not a creative person. I have no interest. I don't like dirty things. <laughs> My kids have a playroom that I can shut the door on, you guys. Like, I have to shut the door if it gets dirty, and then they go in and they clean it, and then I'll leave the door open if it's relatively clean. One of my very best friends, Kayla, their daughter, um, was nearly five when we had Tegan. Um, they're our neighbors, um, and we're still very close with them. They actually have a son who's the same age as T, and... Um, I will never forget when I found out I was pregnant and then she found out she was pregnant. We were pregnant at the same time. I'll never forget her telling me, you're going to have to like kind of, you know, step away from like your neuroticness of your clean house. Rude. And I was like, (laughs) no, I won't. I know I won't. And I mean, you do, you have to give up a little bit. Right. But like, I just move stuff to things that I can shut the door. Like I am not. It's containable. Yeah. I'm not like my kid. and, And of course, Tegan is still a kid, so she comes home. Mom, can we make slime? Mom, can we do this? Mom, can I do crafts? And I'm like, Ugh. that yes, like gives me, yeah, it gives me like the twitches. Like yeah. I literally am like, I can't do that. It, I can't do it. Um, I told you at dinner tonight. I found a slime kit that is glorious. She's seven. She can follow the direction. She makes her own slime. She throws it away when she's done. It's fine. It's I would never give that. Yeah. No, I would never give that to Emmy. Emmy would pour it on my carpet. <laughs> but like Tegan can totally do it. Right. Um, But that is literally like the extent of the things that she does. But I truly feel that as a parent, it is expected that you are so involved in your kids. I am very involved in my kids' lives. Very much. I have a great relationship with my girls. Um, And I mean, obviously, I understand that they're young and they're going to develop and things will change as they get older. But, uh, you know, honestly, I have a great relationship with my mom. Right. Um, Right now, we are... I would say the best of friends. Mm-hmm. I am 30, almost 37, and she just turned 61. And You just told we, the internet that. I know. Sorry, she Jane. doesn't look 61. She doesn't. Yeah, no. 60 Shout is the new sexy June Holly. It is. You are crushing it. Yeah. So, um, but I have a great relationship with her, and I remember her telling me multiple times as a teenager, I'm not here to be your friend. Yeah. I am not here to be your friend. I'm your parent. I can be your friend later. Right. And she's told me multiple times since I've, become an adult like now this is the this is a different phase of life every phase of parenting is hard the young phase is hard the baby phase is hard the toddler phase is hard the kid phase is hard you know like all of this is the teenager phase um, everyone almost wants to die and then (laughs) and then you get to this adult phase where you're like oh I can actually enjoy this relationship this person that I built right because you're number one and this I think is what I don't let a lot of things really piss me off as a parent Mm -hmm. because frankly I don't give a shit if you judge me um and how I parent my kids my rising Libra yeah (laughs) (laughs) I I have told Tegan more than one time obviously Emerson too but she doesn't process anything because she's three but I've told Tegan more than one time that my number one concern is that she is a kind human like that's really all I care about that she is a kind person um 
And there's a lot of things as she grows older that are also important. Sure. But right now at seven, you need to be a kind person. That's my number one concern. Right. You need to protect your sister and you need to be a kind person. You need to love people and you need to be respectful. Those are the things that are number one priority for me. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, my mom and I had this conversation with our cousins this weekend in Dallas. You know, she says, your job as a parent is to raise a good human. Yeah. And to that, the best of your ability. To the best of your ability. Yeah. And every kid has their challenges, whether they be personality, whether they be intellectual things. Right. It doesn't matter. You have to raise a kind human. Yeah. You owe it to society to raise somebody that can provide for, to society as well. Right. To, can participate yeah. in society as an active. As an active participant. Yep. As, as, as a kind person that right. knows Right from wrong. Right from wrong. Mm-hmm. Whether that be <laughs> internet's right from wrong, but generic right from wrong. Right. You know those things. We can talk all day about the things that are black, white, and gray in America or anywhere, frankly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you, your job as a parent is to truly raise somebody that is a kind person that can that can function in this world. Um, and if you don't set them up with those tools, these are the critical ages when they're young. Mm-hmm. Then they're gonna struggle. And they could still struggle. And there are reasons that people struggle that are outside of, you know. I mean, you can only do it. You, you just have to set them up for you success. You got to set them up that's, for as that's much success. That's all you can do. And right. you know what? In today's world, there are so many resources. I have met so many people. Um, Tegan deals with a lot of anxiety, as I've kind of alluded to. Um, and it's so much better now. But in the, I mean, when we were getting ready to go into kindergarten, I was, I was concerned. Like, I had... Actually, pre-COVID, she had an appointment for, like, brain balance centers because I was mm-hmm. like, I need help. I don't know how to communicate to her. Mm-hmm. She was truly struggling with just the processing of a life, I think, honestly. I'm not really sure. Um, and I don't know. I don't really know what facilitated it. I'm not really sure. But we were struggling. I had talked with some of my OT friends um, mm-hmm. about various things. I had talked with teachers. I had talked with all kinds of stuff. And I remember being like, okay. I am I'm an anxious person. Mm-hmm. I deal with anxiety. I am on Lexapro. Right. Full honesty. Probably. I didn't get on Lexapro until December and I'm 36. Right. And I I feel like a totally different human, medicated and balanced. Better. Yes, so mm-hmm. much better. Mm-hmm. Um and I needed to but prior to um feeling like I needed medication, I I know I dealt with anxiety, but I knew how to cope with it. Right. Because you were an and adult. I was an adult. Mm-hmm. And but I am sitting here trying to go, okay, my six year old is dealing with this and I need to teach her how to cope with this. And how do I do that? And how do I do that? Mm-hmm. And that's where I was struggling. I was like, I, sure. I know what I do, but I can't, she can't process things the same right. way I do. Right. So I need to figure out how to do that. And honestly, for me we kind of I mean, COVID hit and everything shut down and I was really stressed about it. And and then she just surprised the hell to me. Gymnastics kind of gave her that a outlet, channel. I feel like. And mm-hmm. and it's been really good for her. And um, But, you know, so we all have our challenges. Certainly. But I feel like, you know, the stigma that comes with, you know, you're a working parent. Mm-hmm. You're a full-time working parent. Um, you know, I am, I'm a, like I've mentioned, I'm a better mom because I work. I can focus. I have to be who I am. This is, this is who I am is providing care for people, for patients, for my staff, um, at Menorah. That, that is who I am. And that is an outlet for me mm-hmm. that provides me something that makes me feel proud of who I am and what I do. 
Um, and then when I go home, I get to be, I get to be the mom and I get to be all in on my parent or on my kids. Yeah. Um, and you know, we have a lot of conversations in our family. Like, how was your day? I mean, actually we were at dinner last night in Emerson, almost four. Ask daddy, how was your day? (laughs) And it just warmed my heart because she, we talk about those things. I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, just because I'm not home every day and I'm not involved and I don't I don't not that I don't want to be involved I'm very involved in my kids life like mm-hmm. I said from a Monterey's perspective if you need something I'm happy to buy it mm-hmm. um last year Tegan's kindergarten teacher um obviously we weren't involved in doing classroom parties and things like that but she had sent out a list one day like an Amazon wish list and I had gotten onto the Amazon wish list to purchase a couple things and everything had been purchased which is great that's great, right? There's nothing on there. And so I'd emailed her and said, hey, um, if there's anything else you need, just let me know. I'm happy to I'm happy to contribute. I just, I missed the wish list, whatever. And she wrote me back like a list of, I don't know, seven or eight things and li- literally said, I do not need all of this. I'm just giving you a list. If you want to purchase any of it and send it with Tegan, any of it would be appreciated. And I literally got on Amazon and bought all of it. Yeah. And it wasn't because I like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm I need to feel like I'm a good parent. That had nothing to do with it. I was like, I can. I can do that. So this is how I'll contribute. Yeah, absolutely. And these people are helping raise my kids. So just this is like, what this I is, can do. Yeah, this is part of the village that comes mm-hmm. with raising children. I mean, I think that's so important to to highlight, to call attention to, to say out loud. Because I think so many mothers especially new mothers especially mothers that are just sort of um seeing how things are portrayed on social media or in or in the media in general and there's this idea that if you're not doing all if you're not the the headroom mom Mm -hmm. and if you're not going on the field trips with with the kids and if you're not organizing you know these massive play dates I don't know that's the extent of my knowledge about children <laughs> just that right there but if you're not doing those things then you're somehow like n- like not the best mom and you're not a bad mm-hmm. mom but like you're not like a number one mom yeah. and it's that's just such crap mm-hmm. it's such it's trash mm-hmm. and I'm not a mom nor do I want to be um nor would anyone give me the license to do so because honestly just then you know Satan would rule the earth yeah. but uh like I can't imagine that kind of pressure yeah. put on you, and so I think it takes a really, I think it takes a really strong person to sort of stand in her own, um, kind of her own worth and say like, you know what, mm-hmm. respectfully, but fuck you, yeah, like I'm doing this, yeah, you know, and so. I mean, I don't know. Have you ever directly experienced any? Oh, yeah. And, like, what does that look like? Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of funny because, honestly, I think me as a person, if you know me personally, and if you don't. Brash and intimidating. Yeah, brash and intimidating. But if you know me personally, (laughs) um, I have always, as an adult, now, my earlier years, maybe not so much, but as an adult, I'm pretty confident in who I am as a person. Like, I'm, I'm okay with. You, if you don't like me, I've got right. my handful of fabulous friends that I need that support me, all these things. I'm good with who I am. I absolutely felt the pressure to be this perfect mom that society, you know what I mean, that society wants them to be. But mm-hmm. I never really 
ate that up. I mean, I was perfectly content not being that person. It didn't bother me. Yeah. However, two things. One, the first time, so I remember being pregnant um, with Tegan and finding out she was a girl and thinking very, very clearly that she was a boy. (laughs) The whole, I mean, until we found out she was a girl and they were like positive she was a girl. (laughs) So I remember like finding out for sure it was a girl and thinking it was a boy and kind of being sad because, which is silly now, but at the time I had, I didn't know how to do girl. I'm not princessy. I'm not frilly. I'm not, I'm not a tomboy, but I'm not. This is so interesting. And this is where I'm going to get witchy on your shit. Okay. Okay. So like. It's mass. We have a lot of masculine energy. Yeah, this idea of like making money and and making our own career yeah. and sort of go getting and like not taking shit from anybody. That's a very masculine energy. We're both card. You're a you're a Libra sun. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a Capricorn sun. That's leadership kind uh-huh. of like yeah. It's it's masculine energy. And so like I am the same way. I kind of can't imagine raising a girl were I to get a demon child like I would just be like no like it needs to be like like mm-hmm. a boy like it's gonna be the next you yeah know, dictator or whatever shit but you know totally I get it I get being like I was I mean how I, do cr- I do this oh I was terrified yeah I cried and in my crying you know my husband was like are you crying because you're didn't you're not having a boy and I'm like no I'm crying because I don't know how to do girl like I don't know. That's a distinction I think is important. Yeah, I mean, I honestly it's not that you didn't want a girl. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And, and and again, this is I didn't really care what it was. Right. Healthy. Healthy just, is just really important, right? Right. I mean, a baby, a, a, any baby is a blessing. I was just terrified. Mm-hmm. And Aaron, of course, is like, oh, you're terrified because you were a total terror when you were a kid. Well, do you think it was also you were terrified? Because you didn't know how to do it, and thus you didn't know if you could get an A. And oh, thus yes. You didn't know yeah. if you could. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like, how. I don't know how to girl mom. I'm not frilly. Girls are frilly. Like, I didn't know how to do that. And then, yeah, absolutely. Part of it was like the concern of judgment. Sure. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to say I was a late mom. We had Tegan when I was 29. Um, I mean, everyone's having babies in their late twenties now, but later, like truly, later. truly, yeah. our generation is having yeah. babies later yeah. if they have them at if all. If they have them at all, correct? Right. Yeah. Um. So, but I, I did. I, I struggled with finding out she was a girl. Um. And you know, everyone. <laughs> this is terrible. I just want to play that snippet back. Yeah. At Tegan's, like, Tegan, she's, you know, I struggled with. <laughs> yeah, struggled with Tegan as a girl. Shit, I oh, totally yeah. understand. I, that. It was a. It was. It took me a while to process that. And it, again, it had nothing. I was not less excited. Of course. I was just like, what am I doing? But like, I remember designing her. Actually, I remember designing her. Um, nursery and very clear. I was nothing was gonna be pink. Yeah. Because I don't do pink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not going to be. No, she's not pink. Uh, but, I, you know, I think that that's so important because there are these dichotomies that you're supposed to fall into. If mm-hmm. you're having a girl, she's going to be a girly girl. Yeah. And she's going to be pink. She wears and it's bows be f- and dresses and, and she's yeah, right. pretty. Es- especially, you know, five to ten years ago mm-hmm. when when you were thinking about and having, sure. having babies. Certainly yeah. this has come along where maybe we don't have gender reveals anymore because yeah. we don't we – don't as- there's a sex of a baby, but we don't assign a gender because we don't know. You know, yeah. there's all of these things that mm-hmm. we're learning now yeah. that we didn't 
understand when we were kids and sure. that our parents didn't understand and that we you didn't even understand when you were birthing tea you know mm-hmm. yeah. seven years ago um but but i think that all these nuances are so important because i think that that it's expansive for for women and for parents to hear that like it's not always i'm having a girl and we're overjoyed and i'm mm-hmm. so you can have you can you can I'm having a girl, and I'm so excited, and I'm so overjoyed, and I'm fucking terrified. Oh, I was terrified, and I don't know what to do with that, mm-hmm. and I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little panicked. Yeah, absolutely. I think all and, of that is valid. And you, those all, those all can happen at the same time. Yeah, and I'm sure there's something in my big three that I wasn't going to let people know that I was panicked. Yeah, that's I a, wasn't. That's your, that's your Libra. I wasn't going to let people know that I was absolutely. unbalanced. That absolutely. there was absolutely something not. that was, cons- I was concerned oh, about my. Ability to manage something. Excuse you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Control freak. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I I definitely struggled with that. And you know, I remember sitting in her um, nursery after my showers, and the amount of stuff that come with a kid. Why do we have so much stuff? Oh God, you could go. You could go. What do you call it? A racket. Everything. It's a racket. Also, Ashley has gone on so many, <laughs> so many tangents about the rackets of the seating. Yeah, it's the oh butts. Oh my god, it's, it's the, the baby butts. butts. They have okay, to so have here's a seat the deal. For okay, so here's the deal. So I've been to a lot of showers. You know, like I go to a lot of baby showers, and I'm just, I am floored at that. There's just like there's so many seats for this tiny human that never really touches the ground. There's that <laughs> seat that you put in the sink to make it a tub, and then there's that seat that you put on the counter so that it can like prop up like a like next to your charcuterie board. I have no fucking idea. And then there's the seat. Did they still do this or is it is it dangerous? That where they that the it hangs ass. from the door jam and they bounce. They call okay. that the Johnny Jumper. The Johnny I'm sure it has a I'm sure it has a female gender name too. Okay. The yeah. Jane Jumper. Okay. Yeah. So then, then there's the door jam, you know, jumper thing and then there's like the the true bathtub you know uh oh, it's yeah. all foam Gut. situation <laughs> and then there's the car seats and then there's the the these true strollers which some of them they are convertible mm-hmm. i understand well now you, the newer ones that's like it, they're like astronaut like that was not around when my kids were 100 these things that like literally you fold them up a weird way and then they become your car seat and then you unfold them and they have wheels so just the amount of seats for this tiny tiny butt that is going to grow and i just don't and they last and you use the seat for six weeks because then they grow out of it and then you move on to something a different seat i'm annoyed with the accessories yeah so here's why i secretly probably didn't have a kid is because like it i couldn't bring all my stuff because i'd have to bring that kid's stuff Mm -hmm. and i need options yeah absolutely i can totally see so really it's just it's about me Uh, (laughs) yes bless so we, I, I remember sitting in Tegan's nursery before she was born and going, I mean, literally everything from my shower just being around me and being ridiculously overwhelmed mm-hmm. with the feeling of what am I doing? Right. I what can't I do this. Into? <laughs> and also that immense feeling of feeling loved because these, these things were provided for us. Yeah by our friends and family. I bought took, you a yeah. seat. Yeah. You did sure. buy us a seat. <laughs> who who took such oh, good care of us. High chair. Yes. There's also oh, the, the high, high chair. chair. Oh, yeah. Just we saying. forgot the most important one. Yeah. Okay. Ha- you have to feed your kid. You do. And they you can't do. sit anywhere else but the high chair. Anywhere else. <laughs> Literally anywhere else. But yeah, I remember sitting there and being like, oh my God, you know, you feel this. It, you're so torn. At, mm-hmm. Like, I'm terrified. No fucking idea what I'm doing. Am I capable of doing this? I feel so loved. I am such a blessed person. 
I know that. And I remember feeling so torn. I also remember going into Tegan was a scheduled C-section. She was breech and transverse. And so she was not coming out on her own. <laughs> and so... She had to be ripped from her. She had to be ripped. Yeah. My, (laughs) actually, my physician or my OB was like, yeah, your pelvis is not moving. So, um, she's not coming out. So both of my girls were just over eight pounds. So good sized babies. So I don't, I don't regret having them cut (laughs) out, but I, um, had to go in for a C-section and I remember everyone saying, oh my God, you know, pregnancy is one thing. And I didn't particularly like being pregnant either. Frankly, I, I don't. Again, control. I don't have control of my body. I don't like yeah. that. I don't like that well, at all. Well, you know, scientifically, they're defined as parasites. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't like that. I didn't like how. I mean, Tegan, I actually felt relatively good. Emerson, I felt like shit. Maybe that says something. She's my wild one. Yeah. Maybe that said, I felt like shit when I was yeah. pregnant with her. Oh, God. she's just in there banging bongas. Oh, she was. I always, I felt terrible. I was she nauseous every crowns. day until like 14 weeks. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, with T, I actually felt relatively good, but like Emmy, I did not feel good. Different. Um, there are some people who like who thrive on like oh, Kate. Oh yeah, they Kate felt beautiful. Is, I know lots of people. Oh I my felt beautiful. god, I love being pregnant. I hated it. Kate was like the most beautiful pregnant goddess you'd ever seen, yeah. and I was like, dude, if I were pregnant, I would just run around, just murder, just murdering. Uh, I, I would did be not. a miserable pregnant. I did person. not like it, you know. And every like I said, I felt really good with T. I didn't have any complications with either kid, thankfully. Um, but, but with, still, it like was not your vibe. No, totally not my vibe. But I remember going in to have our C-section and everyone just being like, oh my God, your life is going to change so much. And you're oh, just going to you. immensely love this 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 little thing and blah, 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 blah. Instantly, and right? Instantly, That's the thing they tell instantly. you. Your everyone, life will instantly you're, you're change. You're instantly going to change. You're going to instantly love this thing. And I remember her coming out and being set on my chest. And obviously I loved her. Sure. Like, I don't want to discount that I didn't love her. <laughs> I think I was still... She will hear this later. Yes. I mean, no. I mean, obviously. She, <laughs> she will I, punish you. I loved her. She's my kid. But I remember just very vividly being like, what am I doing? <laughs> right. Like, and being... So, at that moment, like, there really is no going back. And mm-hmm. I think that's what I was processing. We're here. We're, this is happening. This has been... I have had... You've had nine months to prepare for this, potentially, mm-hmm. however long. Mm-hmm. And we're here. There is no going back. And yeah. it, I think it was... I mean, coupled with fear of, like, am I capable mm-hmm. of doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, and am I capable of loving a human as much as I love myself and love my husband? Fair and love, question. Yeah, like... Totally am I fair. Ca- am I capable of doing that? I remember being terrified. So I didn't. I what did if not- you were just like, no, and you just yeah. handed it off? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I well, I mean, I didn't. I just did not feel that overwhelming. Like, I mean, obviously things change and things are, yeah. you know, whatever. But I did not have that overwhelming feeling. Well, I, I mean, it obviously came. It hit me at that probably three week mark. But it mark. wasn't instantaneous. It was not instantaneous for me, and it wasn't. And maybe I was going through a little bit of postpartum depression. Sure. Who knows? Fair. I mean, it's very possible. But I think it's also normal to maybe not feel that instantaneously. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't postpartum norm. Maybe it was just like, that's just yeah. your process. Yeah. Of course you love Tegan. Of oh, course yeah. you were going to take care of her. Oh, and yeah. of course you were going to give her everything she needed. Yeah. But that sort of amazing, life-changing, oh. like spotlight from the heavens type love uh-huh. didn't kick in for you until three weeks yeah I mean it took me it took me a little bit of time of processing and being home and and things like that before I was like there it is 
Yeah. That's the feeling that everyone tells you about. Yeah. And that that took me. That took me a minute. And then, you know, again, because of what society and because of everything that everyone had ever told me, I'm mm-hmm. like, is there something wrong with me? Right. <laughs> because I didn't feel that. Right. And like, no, am I less no. of a parent? And no, there am wasn't. Am I a bad parent? Like, like you didn't you question that? Yeah. And it's like, why do I question that? Like, that's so tough. It's silly. That's so. No, it's not silly. Yeah. Because but, it's so real. And 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 for someone who isn't, you know, Scorpio rising with William Moon, they're not going to be like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah. That can really yeah. mess you. Oh, up. it did. It did. For I mean, I remember processing that and being like, okay, there it is. Like that's what this is. Like, did you feel relief that like, oh god, I okay, it's here. Yeah, kind of. You know what I mean? But I think at that point we were still trying to, and again, I think part of it for me was mm-hmm. that I am such a regimented, controlled, routine person. Bless you. Yes. That's why we're best friends. Yeah. I, that was, I, this is, no, there's nothing routine about having a baby. Absolutely right? not. Like no. there's nothing, you never have, you have no idea what you're doing. No. I and no you're at the I'm mercy doing. of their needs. Absolutely. Especially in the beginning. Absolutely. Now, obviously like we were very blessed with both of our girls actually. And maybe this is, um you know, it is part of like we were the, the um routine that we started with them early on like held well yeah but i don't i don't know both of our girls were good sleepers both of our girls were pretty routine kids um you know i spoke a little bit just briefly about the village that comes with Mm -hmm. raising kids Mm -hmm. and you know it is immense and i'm very thankful that my village you know my parents and family are here um in the area and And so they're very involved um, in all of the aspects of my kid's life, but even our babysitter, you know, our babysitter that kept my girls when they were little, like, but she had both of my girls from the time that they were 12 weeks old until they were two. Um, and then we transitioned them to guiding star and those people are amazing. Um, right. We've been there since Tegan was two and she's seven. So we're still there cause Emmy's still there. Um, so yeah. like even when everything is perfect in terms of the girls' health and your support system, it is still such a heavy lift oh it's gosh. such a something to get used to oh, this, yes. like it's just crazy and I had yeah I had a huge I mean my husband obviously took off work when we had both of the kids right and but my mom was there right every day right my mom stayed there. My mom, when Aaron went back to work, my mom came and worked from our dining room table so she could help and so I could go take a nap mm-hmm. I mean like wonderful you had all of the support in the world and still it was a and still it was hard massive i think you have to recognize that 110 percent yeah okay so something i want to i want to i want you to kind of shed your perspective on because it's something that literally every single person in the world deals with regardless of if they're male female non-binary like whatever and it's this idea of like body image and um a sort of feeling good in your own skin etc etc yeah I have lots of insight about this (laughs) I mean it's my own obviously but you know so this idea that like you have a baby and you're allowed to look however however you want during the pregnancy Mm -hmm. but the second that child is born Mm -hmm. Where are your abs? Mm-hmm. And would you like to show them to the world? Yeah. I mean, this, I, I, you know, we came up in this 
in this um, this tabloid era where like they would chase the women, Ooh, yes. the celebrities that had just had the babies, and they would be like Heidi Klum, mm-hmm. three weeks after baby, mm-hmm. you know, you could see, you can count oh, the yeah. abs, or, or like, or or if you couldn't, you know, and it was just like or even the people that are not, and it's still, I mean, it's 2021, and I mean, I don't know how many times I don't go to the grocery store very often anymore, but when I go to the grocery store, the tabloids that are there is like the most unflattering angle from somebody who very obviously got the shot from hanging out in a bush. Right. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, that's me drinking a beer in a chair. Sorry that I don't look like a model. Yeah, it's not a great angle. Yeah. Like, I'm not flexing. Regardless, like, why is that relevant? Yeah, it's my body. Why is that, like, front page news? Truly. So, like, there's two things about it that I want you to kind of, like, give me your experience on. One is this pressure to, like, bounce back to mm-hmm. your pretty baby. Wait. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. But um, but two, this idea of, like, but your body has already done mm-hmm. so much amazing shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Carried, grew life, mm-hmm. birthed it, mm-hmm. is now giving life to it in some way, shape, or form. Be it just taking care of it or breastfeeding mm-hmm. or, like, whatever the shit. I don't know. You guys hook up to, like, mm-hmm. a like a USB. Like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> but, you know, like, is doing all, and keeping you alive. So, like, all of these amazing things. But then society is like, yeah, but, like, you're not back to that pre-baby weight, mm-hmm. though. Like, what's up? Like, you need a... Should I you get on like a like a beach body like yeah. you need like an MLM like I just want to hear like your experience mm-hmm. and like what you think and I just want you to just like rage on that. So I have I have kind of a different experience because I have personally and maybe not to outsiders but personally struggled with my weight my entire adult life. I have always fluctuated. I was a dancer as a young kid. Um, I tumbled. I was a cheerleader. Um, you know what I mean? But a flyer, I, in fact, I remember yeah, this. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, I I mean, I was never the thinnest person on the planet. I've never been built that well, you're way. You're athletic. You're, yeah, you're I mean, I've never been built that way. But I, you know, had put on weight through my college years like every other person does. Mm-hmm. And when they get that little bit of sense of freedom. And I remember, you know, my husband and I got engaged in 2012. And I wasn't personally happy. He doesn't give a shit what I look like. But... Um, I wasn't personally happy with how I looked. And so I had spent a lot of time, um, you know, focusing on myself that next year. Mm -hmm. And I lost about 35 pounds before our wedding. And I was probably about as thin as I was in high school. I mean, not that that's relevant, but like, yeah, you look amazing now. You look amazing at your wedding. Yeah. I mean, but mentally, you know what that's like. Totally. You mentally get to that place where I'm like, I feel good about myself. Yeah. I don't really know what it is about this place that makes you feel good but that's where I was mm-hmm. so we got married we went on our honeymoon pretty sure we conceived our baby on our honeymoon well not the, pretty sure you we, were the most fertile person yeah. I've literally we ever know met. we conceived our baby on our honeymoon <laughs> so we were married September 7th and Tegan was born June 13th so mm-hmm. pretty damn close I mean hello yeah so um I mean so going into pregnancy I was the thinnest I'd been in my adult life yeah for sure yeah. and so you know I went into this mentality of like, obviously you're going to gain weight. And I remember going into it being like, you still need to be healthy. And I was, I've always been active. Sure. Always. Always worked out. I've always done those things. If you're going to talk about what makes me gain weight, it's my choice of food and the fact that I like to drink alcohol. So, um, like so many, like, like, so many like regular like, like normal humans, adult people. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, so, and obviously those are my choices. That's, that's fine. But I remember going into pregnancy and being like, oh, okay, you know, like I'm, 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 I'm in a good place. Mm-hmm. I put on about 40 pounds with tea. 
un- I was not unhappy with that. That's pretty dang average, yeah. honestly, between 25 and 40, I would say. And I, but I swelled so tremendously at the end with her because it was freaking June. Right. And we live in Kansas City. Yeah. And I don't know if you knew. Yeah. But it's really humid. 100%. I mean. It's disgusting. It's so gross. So I remember coming home. It was Mother's Day weekend, which was like, would have been what, a month before she was born maybe. And and like having my feet on the dash of Aaron's truck because we were driving home from Hickory County, Missouri, because my husband is from down south. I love and, how Lauren gives like yeah, specific Hick- geographical Hickory, references. Hickory County. <laughs> Shout out. It's great. So, if you're from the KC area, like you are so like, oriented this yeah, whole this yeah. whole episode. Like <laughs> So anyway, I remember driving home and my feet being on the dash and taking a picture of them because my feet were so fat. Yeah. They were so swollen. They were so swollen. But Edema. I, it's real. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean I had tea. I remember it it does. It it's it just messes with your head. Sure. You're supposed to have, and it's, I don't, I don't even know why it matters to other people. Right. But it does, it matters to you because you're like, I don't, I don't look the same. I don't right. feel the same. And mm-hmm. so because I don't feel the same, I'm not good enough, which is stupid. But it's so real. It absolutely that, that is. That is how it feels. And it's funny because I nursed both of my kids. Tegan, I nursed until she was like 16 months old. So she was exclusively nursed for, you know, six or eight months until we started her on foods. And then she transitioned, but she was still nursed. So I nursed until, or pumped until 16 months with her. Yeah. And during that time frame of nursing and pumping, you know, you're just burning a shit ton of calories. Every body is different. Sure. But my body, when I was a nursing mom, I could eat, I was starving. Mm-hmm. I was starving all the time. I felt like I needed to eat all the time because mm-hmm. I just, you're just constantly working. Yeah, you're so like a furnace. I, yeah, so I personally burnt so many more calories. I was thinner when I was nursing than when I stopped nursing. The second I stopped nursing, mm-hmm. I was, I started putting on all this weight. One, probably because I wasn't paying attention to what I was eating, which yeah. again, choice. But still, but you didn't still, know it was your first kid. Yeah. Like, how do you, yeah. But like it. I put on all this weight. And then you talk, like you compare my experience with nursing to my sister-in-law's and I'm going to use her because hers was very different. When she was nursing both of her babies, she kept her weight. She had a harder time getting it off. But the second she stopped and she was able to like truly focus on her body being her body again, because we could talk all day about breastfeeding. I do not regret one one bit that I did it. I loved every single experience of it. But you're not, it's not your body. Right. You are providing for someone it's else. A, it's not easy. It's not It is very easy. challenging. Yeah. And thankfully, I was blessed not to have issues. Like, neither of my kids had issues with food types or things like Latching that. or whatever. Yeah, but there were definitely, like, I know lots of mamas that have stopped, you know, I can't eat, I can't eat dairy. I can't eat cheese. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you right now, if I couldn't eat cheese, I would be a grumpy bitch. Honestly, just so, adoption. Like, yeah. <laughs> tea, I hope you have a great life. Like, all of these things, like, I didn't have any of that. But yeah. Stephanie was, I mean, Stephanie was very different with hers. Like, when she stopped nursing was when she was kind of like, that's when she could get in her groove and this is my body again. Yeah, that, like yeah. she. I mean, and she tell you, I held on to that weight for so long. It's interesting and, how everybody yeah, it's is just, different. But, and mine was so opposite. The second I stopped was when I was like, no, here it comes back. Yeah, I had a really hard time. Um, and again, like I, again, I've always struggled with my weight. I know lots of people that you know. You look at them, and I'm like, that 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 lady. There's no way she can be pregnant. Right. You know, she doesn't even look like she's possible, possibly right. pregnant. Right. And then they have the baby and you're like, did you even have a kid? What What happened? You know it what is, I mean? And this like is, sorcery. again, that's a, this is, this is, and I'm trying not to be judgmental here, but that is, that's what society has provided us is with 100%. this mentality that 
that's what you should look like when you're not having when you're not pregnant well fuck you yeah you could not be pregnant because you had your baby three hours ago (laughs) so like here's the deal here's what i'm struggling with recently it's just like there is such there is such a very narrow acceptable range of what a body can look a woman's body can look like in various stages yes it can only look like this when it's not pregnant it can only look like this when it's pregnant mm-hmm. and then when it's when it's not when it when it's mm-hmm. not pregnant again it needs to go back and there are so many different body types and there are so many different bodies period and then you have to level up and 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 take into account that like our bodies aren't actually here for aesthetic purposes. Oh yeah. That is something that like patriarchal society has impressed upon us. Oh yeah. Especially for women that we are the we are here for this like male gaze mm-hmm. bullshit. And so it's like our like as your body, okay? Like let's just use you for an example. As your body just gets done, uh giving birth to Teague and Rain, okay, mm-hmm. uh, and is healing from a cesarean section. So, like, after we're healing from that, um, I'm going to need you to just get, like, back to, mm-hmm. like, your high school weight because, like, that's what the most that's acceptable, what's acceptable range for, soci- is. for society is. And then if you look at that and you put that through the lens of, like, social media, even the small population that actually fits mm-hmm. in that body type doesn't even look like that because they've facetuned or photoshopped or tweaked something because they also feel that pressure oh yeah 100 it is just like our body your body is breathing for you without Mm -hmm. you thinking about it your body is just like providing new like your 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 gut microbiome is taking and converting food into vitamins that your body can't produce by itself and it's providing it to the rest of your organ and and it's like your lungs are breathing for you. Your heart is beating for you. Circulating this is, blood. This is a PubMed ar- article, everyone. Oh, oh this, uh, this <laughs> podcast is sponsored by mayoclinic.org. Uh, you can say. <laughs> but, you know, your body is doing all this stuff for you. In addition to now you're you're this, you're, you're a mother. And so your body has switched into this birthing mode where it's allowed your milk to come in, which human milk comes in several stages in accordance with what the baby needs it. So you've got colostrum, which Mm -hmm. is just like to give this baby, like put weight on this child. And then it moves into like, human milk has probiotics in it. So that it it can provide this baby a gut microbiome of its own. And then, (laughs) and then like, but then like you got us weekly being like, yeah, yo, but like, why aren't you in a bikini though? Like, fuck all the way off. You it's guys, just... you can't see what I'm seeing right now, but Ashley's animations through this conversation Look, are epic. My head this is, is spinning. This all is around. where the video would be really good. Look, I am full on exorcist mode. I am spewing green bile. I'm upset. Yeah. So it's just. It's legit, though. It is. And, you know, and then. so hard. And it has, again, we go back to the thing that I said from the very first minute of this social media. Right. It, 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 it is everything, which is stupid. This is so dumb. I am a 36-year-old woman that I am fully aware. I know, I know how detrimental it is from a mental perspective, totally. social media, because of the highlight reel, because of the societal pressures that are dropped there to be like, is, you know, and oh God, and just... Just the amount of like, let's just talk about ads. Like, oh, my God. oh you know, like the waist trainer and the, oh. what, like, what the fuck? Why right. does that even show up on my Facebook? It's going to yeah. show up on my Facebook now because it's listening to me. Right. But like, <laughs> like 
No, but Mullins has made sure that this is a this is a cave <laughs> of like like, like non listening or whatever the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need queries. You don't but want But seriously, like you look at just the basic stuff, and then you have then you have like Instagram and no no offense to any of the influencer population that that's amazing do do you i i follow obviously a ton of people on instagram because why not let's let's just find out what everyone's highlight reel looks like i guess but then you have these other people that like they spend so much time putting stuff together to make not just make their lives look perfect like the highlight reel but to make them look like a real person Oh, like, very interesting. So, like, I mean... To keep, support the to facade. To support the facade. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a real person. Look at my role. Look at my... Like, I just had a baby. This is a normal baby body. And a whole post that is inevitably linked to Fabletics or something else. <laughs> I mean, swipe, something else. I'm just using for that. My, yeah. yeah, swipe up for my, for my outfit that has followed me through my entire pregnancy. Okay. Pre-pregnancy to pregnancy to... And I got really big and now my postpartum body. Okay. Okay, so I'm not really sure what's happening here. Are you selling something or are you trying a body image thing? I'm not... Again, do you know who you are? Mm-hmm. Like, that's... And that's where I struggle. Mm-hmm. And that's where I really just need to put the fucking phone down. Mm-hmm. Shut up, Aaron. And <laughs> and walk away from that. Because I I struggle with that. Like, yeah. you don't even... Like, you are allowing yourself to be whoever you want... Whoever you think other people want you to be. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Be yourself. So this is an interesting... We're just going to take a tangent on it. Because you're like... You're a civilian. You're not an influencer. <laughs> yeah, I'm a civilian. I'm retired. <laughs> I'm a retired influencer. Do you, when you see that stuff, when you see those, like, these leggings lasted me eight months through postpartum or whatever, mm-hmm. or you see, okay, that's one question, mm-hmm. when you see that, it's like swipe up for my leggings mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah. I, I wore that carried my placenta when it was outside of my body, or I yeah. don't know what happens. Does that, uh, that annoys you because it's a sell, or I- do you, is that relatable? I think it annoys me because it's a sell. Okay. It's not relatable. So, and it's not so for the folks it, listening at home, that means that their content strategy is not very good and they have not done a very good job of integrating the products that they use organically into their content strategy yeah. so that that doesn't feel like a sell. So it feels to me like the difference for you is it, there has to be like a sort of ring of authenticity. Yes. And there has to be a sort of breadth of content where you feel like you're sort of seeing at least a little bit of everything. Yeah. And not just a totally curated sure. situation in order to to feel connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also can't always feel like a sell, sell, sell. Yes. Yes. And here's the deal. Like, I understand that that's a business. Right. Yeah. And I will tell you, I, I remember, um, I think Tegan was like nine days old. Mm-hmm. So June and Dave have a pool, as most people that know me know. It and is called the Cherry Hill Country, Country Club, Club, and you are only allowed there if you live have a, in the neighborhood. Or if you're a member. <laughs> and you are friends with June and Dave. Yeah. I am. I'm very proud of this membership. I think yeah. we should print cards. Yeah. <laughs> so we obviously spend a lot of time at the pool. And um, I remember Tegan was, I mean, I think she was like 10 days old. Somebody took a picture of us. Or maybe we were sitting on a chair. I don't know. Anyway, I was holding her. We were both in swimsuits. Her, obviously, w- looking way cuter than postpartum mom over here. But... I remember posting that picture because it was it was a cute picture mm-hmm. and I remember posting that picture and there was I mean obviously nobody would be like wow Lauren you look terrible 
You know what I mean? Like nobody would say that, but I remember people commenting on it on Facebook and being like, you look great. And uh, me being like, yeah, I look great. I look good. And I'm like, why do you care? Right. Like, why? Why do you care? Your kid's 10 days old. She's not even fucking two weeks old. What is this thing with with obsessing about a woman's body after she gives birth? And, and like then, how it bounces back or doesn't or whatever. But not why just, is anybody looking at you at all other than Lauren well, has this amazing oh, little girl. You look so happy. Celebrate. You look so, so happy. happy. You know, and honestly, not just why are they obsessing, but why am I obsessing over their obsessing? Yeah. Like why am I looking at as a mom right. and going, well, I do look. No, I. <laughs> no, that's a great picture of me. But like. St- totally yeah I, again same thing like why are you why do we obsess over other people and then oh why God, do you obsess so, over other people obsessing about you like it's so astute that you recognize that in that yeah. moment that's such a like truman show moment yeah. right of oh, like yeah. what the why do we care mm-hmm. why do i care why do they care why are we not focusing on the yeah. fact that like this is a 10 day old human mm-hmm. life yeah but like why and we do that we do that unconsciously like i you know you see you see someone when they you know sort of they they come you see them for the first time in public mm-hmm. or on social after having a baby and the first thing that you want to say is oh my god you look amazing mm-hmm. you know and it's just like yeah. why oh, why does that matter yeah she and- looks first of all that's completely subjective mm-hmm. and she looks amazing no matter what because she just Mm-hmm. fucking birth to human yeah, regardless but also like can we can we not hold her up mm-hmm. to the to the societal yeah. standards of the, these very narrow mm-hmm. beauty standards that we've all been playing in you know forever like can we just like let her have a moment yeah. while her uterus like you know continues just did to contract the, i mean all the things yeah. while they sewed her butt back together like what <laughs> like what are you talking about I'm upset. Um, so yeah, yeah it's that's know, a that's a that's a very and, that's an apt thing to raise. And it doesn't like not that it doesn't change. I mean, so I again I'm 36. My youngest is three years old. Again, I've like I've said I've struggled with my weight my entire adult life, and and recently, well not recently, well I guess recently I guess still 2021, in January of this last year, and really December of. 2020 I made the decision on my own that I I was like I need to do something I'm I'm not comfortable in my skin I'm not Mm. I don't feel good about myself and I remember trying different things and nothing really being effective and trying to figure out what worked for me and was really struggling and I remember reaching out to my husband and saying hey I'm interested in starting this program but it's it's expensive Mm -hmm. um I've had some friends that have done it and they've been very successful. It's called cocaine. I'm just called kidding. Co- yes. <laughs> it's called drugs. Um, so I remember asking him. I never once said that, never once did I say I was fat. That's very important to me that I don't use that. I don't use that word about myself because I do have two girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we don't talk about that in our house. We don't use that word in our house. We don't mm-hmm. talk about being on a diet. We don't talk about lots of things. Um, part of that's my own body image issues that I've grown up with, not anybody's fault but just and you also mean like fat is a negative term correct negative term correct and then when I got home that night we talked and he was like why do you and I'm like he goes why do you care I'm like this is not about other people Mm -hmm. this is not about other people this is about me this is about how I feel about myself this is about not feeling like myself Mm -hmm. I don't feel I don't feel good Mm -hmm. I'm like I'm I don't 
I mean, it's I, not about aesthetics. No, it's not about aesthetics. I just don't feel good. I don't feel, and it's not even about confidence. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. If you're a woman, you know what I mean. Yeah, but like, totally. or a man, honestly, if you're anybody, if you're human, you could know if what I mean. If you're someone that's yes. struggling with body, like, yes, you issues, know you what know I mean. And I your innate confidence yes. can be different from the way that you feel about the way you look. And honestly, I made those changes and I made them for me, and I was very successful, and I feel. And I, I mean, yes, I lost weight. Yes, I feel so much better. I don't care what I look like to other people. Did I get a ton of compliments? Absolutely. Because I made a big change. I made yeah. a lifestyle change. I feel very confident that I can maintain this lifestyle change, which was really the most important part to me. Yeah. And the reason that I did the program that I did because because of that. Um, at the same time, you know, I will never forget going into work. So, I, I mean, for obviously for a long time as I was losing the weight initially – I was just wearing the clothes that I had because I wasn't going to go out and buy clothes until sure. I was done. And so about the time that I finally decided, okay, these I'm done. I can't, I can't function in this outfit anymore. Can't my pants up. Yeah, no, seriously. Um, and I had like one pair of scrub pants that even remotely fit. And um, so I was like, I was literally wearing them almost every day. I was like, I need to buy new scrubs. And so I bought new scrubs. And it was after that that people really started noticing because I wasn't hiding behind large clothing. Right. Um, and again, scrubs are not really particularly flattering on anybody, but right. you know, they're really comfortably. So, yeah. I mean, they've, they've done a lot in the years. They're definitely better. They're more stylish. However, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember when I started wearing like the new scrubs that I have, um, to work and friends at work being like, have you lost weight? You look, you look great. You know? And then every single person, almost every person was always like, you look great. You, I mean, you didn't look bad before. Right. Every person mm-hmm. and I found that interesting and I think partially because I know that right you know what I mean like and I appreciate people saying of that of course recognizing recognizing that I'm not saying that you were fat I'm not saying that you were big I'm and not just, saying that you and needed just paying you a compliment yeah. period that's very yes sweet. absolutely but I remember being like every almost every single person that I and I wouldn't say that I'm not friends with, but that I'm acquaintances with and coworkers with mm-hmm. that I'm not, you know, I don't hang out with outside of work that mentioned something to me about this, which is obviously that's validation. That makes me feel better about like, I, I feel good about myself, mm-hmm. but other people obviously can see that I'm carrying myself differently. That's great. Okay. Yeah. Um, but every single person said that. And I remember being like, it's interesting that they feel like that people feel like they need to, to, I'm paying you a compliment, but I'm going to validate that my compliment. I'm going to quantify it. I'm going to quantify it that I, I would have paid you the same compliment six months ago. Because but would you? Because yeah, like, you know, it's just it was just a very interesting for, again for me to process. I'm like, hmm. you know, I think it, it obviously comes from a very good place. Absolutely, but I, I think it's like them in that moment. Yeah. Paying you that compliment because they see you and they're like, damn, she's looking fine. Yeah. And like not in a sexual way, like maybe. I don't know, yeah. maybe. Because like you are looking fine. Yeah. But then also wrestling with their own, like the way that the patriarchy and, and the societal standards screw us all. Like, but wait a minute, but Lauren was beautiful before. Yeah. And like her value and her beauty has nothing to do with the fact that she's lost a little weight. But like I do want to recognize that she looks awesome. But like, and I think that's what it is. Yeah. It's this panic. Absolutely. Of like, you looked great before though. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, but you didn't tell me that before. Yeah. It's not like you would ever say that <laughs> exactly. to anyone because Just you wouldn't want to. Just random person that's walking yeah. through the I see you. Hey, you look great. And maybe, I don't know, maybe we need to do that as a society. I, I, well, I just maybe that, this podcast will start that. I highly doubt anyone will listen. <laughs> <laughs> Except for June and Aaron, because we give yeah. them so many. Shows. Yeah, I know. And Tegan, maybe. But yeah, and Tegan mm-hmm. when she's old, when she's a bitch. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I 
I think that we're moving into this very interesting place where you and I grew up in this in this very like thin, you know, sort of forward. It's it, you know we grew up in the age of like the heroin chic and the Kate Moss, and then we yeah. moved into you know now that the societal beauty standard is a lot more curvaceous, but mm-hmm. it's still very unattainable. Even oh, yeah. the Kardashians don't look like the way that they portray themselves on the internet, and um, or they're getting surgery to look like this. And um, I, I think that this idea, the next level of this like body positive, body neutrality of like our bo- our bodies aren't actually here to be aesthetically pleasing; they're here mm-hmm. to keep us fucking alive yeah and and do all these amazing things for us and and that they're beautiful in all of their shapes and Mm -hmm. forms and that you know i think you have to you have to recognize that like white thin bodies have been put on such a pedestal versus you know black brown you know bodies of color Mm -hmm. uh, disabled bodies you know Mm -hmm. bodies that 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 don't look like the the sort of the quote-unquote norm so I think that there's like accepting those bodies is like maybe the next level and then I think that the next level is being like why do we care what bodies look like at At all all? (laughs) exactly like why are we why are we uh, putting bodies into the category of of aesthetics versus function Mm -hmm. like a body can be beautiful and be completely diseased Mm -hmm. and you know malfunctioning and just Mm -hmm. a fucking mess underneath it absolutely and so like but that's how we're judging health Mm -hmm. like why aren't we sympathetic for that person that is struggling with you know cancer mm-hmm. god knows yeah. i mean like all of these things that can yeah. make a body thin like mm-hmm. this is me doing air quotes at the microphone but like there are so many things that can make a body look how society expects mm-hmm. it to look that are actually not healthy absolutely anorexia you know all Drugs. sorts of, of, of disordered eating <laughs> yeah. um you know disease etc cetera, etc cetera. so you know i just like wh- like how do we i think that we're starting because I, you can go out and i've done this personally for my own you know sort of mental health I've worked on my body image a lot in the pandemic and a lot over the past year because there was, you know, being a re- an influencer, retired now, uh, but, but being an influencer, you saw like this kind of one body type like over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And I knew that a lot of those girls didn't look like that because I would then see them at events and I'd be like, bitch. Mm-hmm. But, but at the same time, like I don't fault her because she uh, society is screwing her over the same way that, that, that they're screwing over the rest of us. Like we all feel that same pressure. But so, like, then uh, sort of pulling myself back from that and then and, and then always feeling like my body needed to fit a certain mold and being like, well, my, my, my body doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, just sort of like when everything shut down with COVID and with, when everything kind of, like, shut off for a little bit, it was this opportunity, uh, this opportunity to be like, what does my body look like when, it, when it's healthy mm-hmm. and when it's, you know, at this sort of, like, homeostasis? And then, like, is... How do I love that body? Mm-hmm. Why am I trying to force my body to be something? It, it ain't never gonna be like a like a Kylie Jenner body. Mm-mm. Kylie's had several surgeries to look like that, uh, allegedly. But like you know, like why why are we mm-hmm. doing this? And so like I did a lot of like sort of internal work, and then and what I did to do that because I believe that like in order to make something normal for yourself and to not feel like something is wrong with you, you have to see it out in the world. Absolutely. So I went and found accounts of bodies that looked like mine. And also bodies that didn't. Disabled bodies, black bodies, Mm -hmm. fat bodies. Mm -hmm. Like all of these bodies that did not look like mine, Mm -hmm. but that were perfectly normal and were perfectly beautiful and that were not unhealthy and that were were fine. 
and they were bodies. Mm-hmm. But to see them in my feed, and I and I, I created a finsta, and I and I followed and I followed those accounts, and I sort of just like I consumed that content, and I consumed the content of like people who had like more athletic bodies that weren't like like super shredded mm-hmm. or anything because like yeah. what the shit uh, carbs are fun uh, but like I, I followed I followed bodies that look like mine and bodies that didn't in, in mm-hmm. these like very very yeah. healthy ways and that just expanded me in this way of like oh there is this huge spectrum and we are only allowed to 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 see and accept this tiny little sliver some of those girls look like that and like good for y'all but a lot of them don't and a lot of them that do look like that are also face tuning and photoshopping themselves to look even more like whatever or or they are i'm gonna say lucky but that's not the right word but they're lucky to have that but they deal with other things other things that we don't other see. things that we don't yeah, see totally. that make them you know what i mean we what it, what is that quote that you always want what somebody else has. You know 100%. what I mean? Like they, they are, they are, they are striving to be something different than whatever you see. Yeah, you can't see that. Yeah, you. They have the bikini body, but they're struggling with, with like mental health, mental or, health, or an eating disorder, or, or you know, something some sort of autoimmune yeah, disease, or yeah, something bigger. Right. You know, Crohn's something. something. Where, where like they can't, they can't eat dairy. Lauren's over here just fucking chomping on cheese. Like mm-hmm. that's what that's I'm saying. Me. So I just, I spent a lot of time consuming content about bodies that like looked like mine and then also bodies that didn't in the best ways. And it really expanded me. It was like, I I went from thinking, all right, like I gotta be, I gotta be better at this. I gotta like get more cardio in. Like this is what I need to change. Like this is how I need to pose. To being like, my body's fine. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm And that all bodies are good bodies. Mm -hmm. This idea that that all bodies are good bodies and, and that... They're all serving this sort of miraculous purpose mm-hmm. for us that we don't even appreciate because they don't look no. the way that what? They're Some, supposed to look, but what is that? What does that even mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, I just think that we, we're, we're in this kind of weird, mm-hmm. cool, very good mm-hmm. turning point in society right now where we're kind of moving out of that very... Mm-hmm. The, we're starting to see those societal pressures for what they are. like mm-hmm. in, in a way that like... Okay, so like if you think about if you're in a birdcage... Okay, like let's just pretend that you're caged up, Lauren. Okay, like mm-hmm. you're a prisoner. Got it. And you're so close to the bars that you're in between two bars, you can't see them. Mm-hmm. Like that was us when we grew up. We could not see that we were in a cage yeah. because all we saw was just what was in front of us. What was in front of us, and it was photoshopped images that we didn't know were photoshopped, yeah. and it was it was it was all of these unattainable mm-hmm. uh, beauty standards. And now. We've pulled back, and we've pulled back enough that, like, oh, shit, we're in a cage. And we can see the bars, Mm -hmm. and we can see the, like, oh, here are the standards Mm -hmm. that we're being held. And here's how to get there. Right. We can make you look like that. Right. Here's how some of this is being achieved. And so, like, the next level is how do we get the fuck out the cage? And I just think Tegan should do that for us, really. She will. I just think that your daughter will will lead us to to the path of truth. But, but like, yeah, I think we're we're in this crazy... We're in this crazy transition period where, like, before we didn't even know what we didn't know, mm-hmm. and we were we were stuck in this mold of feeling shitty mm-hmm. about ourselves and our and the way that we looked because we didn't look like a Victoria's Secret. Yeah, remember the Victoria's Secret catalog? Oh, yeah. oh my god! And then mm-hmm. to know that like all of that was fake, they didn't even mm-hmm. look like that. It's just like, where mm-hmm. do I do I drink yeah. the bleach now? Do I drink yeah. it right before bed? Like, what happens? Yeah. And so uh, we're moving 
into onto a more enlightened path, but it, we're not there yet. We're yeah. still we are still very much yeah. governed by those standards, and so I don't know. It's just I think it's just so important that you shared your that you shared your perspective because I think a lot of moms yeah. and I think a lot of women just in general mm-hmm. are are in that same sure. kind of place, and so I think it's so. Yeah, you know, I mean, confidence goes a long way, mm-hmm. but there is still there's still always that feeling of not I don't want to say is this good enough but am I good enough or you know what I mean like there's you all, always, you're always, you always measuring that measure mm-hmm. yes exactly mm-hmm. you know and you kind of said it and you said it well and I loved your blog post this week that you posted that you went back and forth about like you know I've been kind of dark on LSR for a while and mm-hmm. I, I debated on this and I mm-hmm. looked at every picture and I hated every angle and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, look at a hobgoblin. It was not good. And, and you have, and we have that. That is real life, totally. people. Mm-hmm. Like, and if I'm going to give you the most authentic, and that's my goal, the uh, most authentic form of myself, mm-hmm. you know, like that's what you get. And here's the deal: like, no, no lies. I'm, I, I love me a good filter. Don't get me wrong. But sure, absolutely. Yeah, like I'm, I love me. I don't. I took a picture of me, my aunt, and my mom. My mom was like, what the hell did you do to my face? And I was like, it's a filter. And I guess it's a little filter. We yeah, just smoothed things just out. Things just brightened up like, the eyes. Did I, did I pull your chin down and make your nose small? No, I didn't touch anything. You know what the I mean? The filter just it's helped a, us. The filter just helped all of us. Right. You know, and don't get me wrong. Like, that's not real either. I know that. That's fine. But you're not you're not relying yeah. on that as the only, only form of reality that exactly. you're presenting. And there's exactly. the difference. So I just, uh, you know. Again, I try to be. I try to be the realest person that I know, that that I can be for, mm-hmm. and not just for me. You know, my mom has taught me to be an honest person, and um, my dad as well. I mean, not Show up authentically. Mom. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and I pray that I can give that to my kids. And I'm, right, you know, you want that. your girls to feel com- comfortable and confident to show up as they absolutely. are absolutely of course whatever that's... whatever that is yeah however that is right you know it doesn't it doesn't matter to me parenting is hard <laughs> that being, is the title of this episode parenting yeah. is hard being a mom is a hard job no matter it's nuanced there's a lot of layers to it like i've said a thousand times i'm a better mom because i work and because i have found in the seven years that i've been a parent what makes me better at parenting them yeah and what makes me a better mom and how you know I'm still involved in all of those things but I'm a better mom because I know who I am as a person Mm -hmm. that it that's hard having your own identity outside of being a mom oh my god that's hard it's so easy to get lost in being a mom it's it's easy to get lost in being Mm -hmm. a parent it's so easy to get lost and having that become your whole absolutely identity I've seen it happen I've lost friends that way for sure Mm -hmm. yeah it is so hard to lose yourself um in and you know as I was packing my bag this morning to I had taken extra clothes to work to change when I to come over here and I mean, I was packing it and teasing. Like, I forced my friends to dress fashionably yeah. when you see me. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to wear my scrubs. I mean, I, I mean, could she have. looks incredible in yeah, her scrubs I mean, now. I could have, Many but, people have told her. <laughs> but um, I uh, was packing my stuff, and Tegan was like, "What are you? Where are you? Are you going to the gym? Because I go to the gym a couple nights a week. And so yeah, that's not abnormal for me to pack a bag. And and so she saw that I was putting like shoes that were not gym shoes in there, and she was like, "Where are you going?" 
And I was like, oh, I'm going to have dinner with Ashley. And she was like, you're not going to be home? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, baby, I'm going to have dinner with Ashley. And she's like, well, what time will you be home? And I said, you won't be here. <laughs> she was like, Ugh. and he, I mean, um, part of me is like, oh, I should come home. And I'm like, no, I have plans. <laughs> yeah, but I, and you know, I but think it's easy to just sure. be like, oh, this oh, she's is, disappointed. I don't, absolutely, I don't want to disappoint you. And I've got, I mean, obviously, I love being home with my kids. Of course, I mean, there are days that I'm like, oh my god, get me the hell out of this house. But <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. You do. You go through that, like, oh. I could, no, we could, no, no, no. Make the plans, go do the things, have friends. Right. Don't change your life. Include your kids in your life. That is very. Don't change your life. Include them in your life. Include them in your experiences. Take them. My kids camp. You know, you know, guess how old Emmy was when she went camping the first time? Yeah. She was three weeks old. Right. It was October. It was cold. Yeah. It was freezing, Live and I had a three-week three week old out there. Live your life. Include your kids yeah. in your yeah. life. Not, not live your life around no, your kids. No, don't. Include them. Take them with you. Do yeah. the things with them. I mean, there are some things, obviously. Of course. There are some things. I, I mean, I shouldn't, there, I, I shouldn't have to explain that. But, like, don't stop doing things. Don't stop experiences because you have kids. Take them with you. Mm-hmm. I just – I – my kids, we camp. We've always been campers. My family's always been campers. You know, we camped before we had Tegan. We continued to camp as, you know, as our family has grown. And we that is our vacation every year. Right. And my kids love it. Yeah. It's their favorite thing to do. Yes, the campers in the driveway, they know that we're going out of town. They love it. Right. We don't stop those things. Don't get me wrong. We take a hell of a lot more shit now. For sure. Because kids need five seats. Of all the seats. Yeah. But... Yeah. I love that. Include your kids in your life. Mm-hmm. Do not don't stop change. your don't, life yeah. for your kids. Yeah. I think that's so important in maintaining uh, your own kind of mm-hmm. identity. Yeah. I think absolutely. it's really key. It's huge. It's huge. Well, Lauren, I really appreciate you being here. Yeah. It's this been is super fun. This has been good. You were all worried about being I know. On the pod. Guys, I was real nervous. Look at you're a natural. <laughs> I was like, okay, are you going to give me alcohol? Because I don't know if I can do it. I was like, yes, I will. Of course. Hello. Do you know Do you know me at all? There's always alcohol. Yeah. Um, so that will do it for this episode, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with me and Lauren. We had fun. Hopefully you did too. Um, as always, feel free to drop me notes. Let me know what you want to see. If you have questions, I'll leave Lauren's Instagram handle here so that yeah. you can reach out to her and tell her how fucking fabulous she looks in scrubs, really, because that's just really the only reason she does it. And maybe I'll become an influencer. And maybe Lauren will become a, a scrub influencer and it'll be amazing. Um, but until next time, I've been your host, Ashley White, and we will chat soon.